0: No Ketchup, No Ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Ketchup Sports Talk here in Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Eli Cabron with me. Big Nick the click with the uh the day off. He has some stuff to do. Victory Monday. We haven't said that in a long time. Weeks. The Bears get a W at home yesterday. 36-7 against the Texans. It was a the shellacking. They were dominant. Uh it looked good from the start. They they held on. They they closed out the game, unlike. Last week against Detroit. Let me ask you this, Kebron, because I I I have a... I I don't know how I feel about the, this situation, right? Because now we sit at six and seven. We're in every in the hunt graphic no to man, right? We're, we're we're definitely sitting there, very visible for everyone to see. Um, Trubisky's playing well. Mac shows up all of a sudden. Now you're reading headlines like the Bears haven't given up on Matt Nagy. Things of this nature. So let me ask you this to kick off the show before we get into the breakdown and, and why we were so successful yesterday. As a as a journalist, a beat writer, like you've been, how do you approach writing about a game like this? Do you just focus on the game and kind of block everything out like it was a great game. Let's just focus on this. Do you try to, do you kind of dip in, and say something about the future? What is your angle? How do you approach that?
1: I think you'd have to look big picture because your readers or your, your viewers, or in this case, our listeners. Yeah. Don't really care about what happened yesterday at soldier field. Like it was, it was an event, but <laughs> the Bears fans are not thinking about like, Oh, well we beat the Texans. Like, they're like, how does this affect long-term? So I think when you're covering the game, you have to put in that in that perspective, like, does this effort change how we feel about Matt Nagy? Does this uh, change how we feel about Ryan Pace, about Bill Lazor, about Chuck Pagano, all these characters that their fates are going to be decided in a month. Does this outcome affect the overall big picture? Um, and, and for some people it may, uh, George McCaskey being one of them, but... Um, I think you have to frame it in that setting. Not that the Bears beat a team in the Texans that has no healthy receivers, uh, has basically given up. Uh, their coach was fired a month ago, so like they they're they're playing for less than the Bears are. So the Bears <laughs> the Bears did what they had to do, but does that change the big picture? I think I think that's how you would frame this this game.
0: Yeah, the reason I ask that is because Owen Crute tweeted. Uh, he said journalists used to say that. You know losses are 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 like hurt for them too and olin said he didn't believe him until now he's kind of more plugged in and it's like yeah it's tough to like what what am i gonna write right now what, what can i say right now about this this situation that we're in um hey but let's let's we haven't had a chance to to give some props and show some love for weeks so i do want to do that they looked good from start to finish like you said right before we went live you were like yeah they actually ran an offense that trubisky is comfortable and can flourish in." tell me about that and tell me what you saw
1: yeah it looked like they kind of figured out a rhythm uh to get trubisky um moving outside the pocket quick throws short throws getting open guys in space uh the tight ends Comet and jimmy graham had big days alan robinson showed up he had a, his best day of the season it seemed like yeah. um it was complimentary football. It started with that 80-yard touchdown run by Montgomery, and then they kept um, they kept the offense in rhythm. It, it just looked like a real offense. It wasn't this seven-step drop, um, Nick Foles hoping that someone emerges on a 40-yard post pattern. Like, there was quick throws, get the ball out of Mitch's hands and, and move the chains, and, and that's what they did. They didn't get in too many third and longs. Um, so it just seemed like a, a nice rhythm every down, Um, I mean, there were still some faults. I I, I thought that there were still some play calling questions, but, but in general, I thought that they did a really nice job of of getting Mitch in a rhythm and getting the offense moving. Um, and and it showed on the scoreboard. They, they turned those into touchdowns and it, it turned out well. What'd you think
0: they scored four touchdowns in the second quarter? Yeah. Which was crazy. I, if you, if you go look at, because you know, I I get up, I read all my articles, like just like I do last night. I'm looking over stuff, and I was just looking over the the ESPN play by play section, and I don't, I can't remember last time I saw for all the possessions, touchdown, 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 touchdown. Yeah. So, yeah, they look good, and like dude, like any other quarterback in the league, if he's cozy and he knows where he's gonna go with the ball and is seeing things clearly, Mitch can get that done. I I, I don't think, I actually think. Like for all these years, I don't think Mitch is good by any stretch, but he's not horrible. He's like right. an okay quarterback that, how about this? If he were to have some really, really good coaching and be put in positions, he would look a lot better than he actually is. Kind of like Jared Goff. Jared Goff is probably a bad quarterback, but looks a lot better for big stretches because of McVay and what they do and how they get rid of the ball, where the, where to go with it, et cetera. But just like yesterday, he could look good and do good things when he's comfortable, gets a little prediction. They get him out of the pocket and he knows where to go with the rock. There's no doubt about that.
1: I mean, we could have this conversation in a month when, when everything's over, but it, it, the bigger Mitch Trubisky story is it was an organizational failure that it didn't work out. Like, he was never given. He was hired by. It was he brought in by a coach that Ch- John Fox did not want him. Didn't want to play him. And then they never equipped Trubisky with the the surrounding skills that he needed. I mean, he didn't he didn't develop the way they thought he would, and that's on him. But as an organization, I think that they failed him. And then it doesn't help that he had Watson and Mahomes sitting right behind him, looking over his shoulder. If he was in the same draft class as like Geno Smith and like those scrubs, he would look better by comparison. The fact that he's the Sam Bowie in this equation just makes him look bad but as a whole i think it's been an organizational reason that he hasn't succeeded more so than a Mitch Trubisky
0: reason yeah i think it's it's yeah like, l's all around wherever you yeah. want to put him yeah i think it's definitely a mix of of all of those guys mitch yesterday 24 of 33 267 three touchdowns he i mean he played well yeah He's, Excuse me. Whew. Yeah, he played I like look, my body didn't even wasn't even trying to accept that. Like you just say that. Um but yeah, he played well. They looked good. Khalil Mack showed up. They looked like they wanted to play yesterday. And I think they wanted to play against Detroit as well. Um especially on the offensive side, but The Texans are legit decimated on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. They had no offensive line, no nobody to throw the ball to. They just have no offense whatsoever if it's not Deshaun Watson. So the D had better lock them up. I you, you can say that, right? So Khalil Mack gets it done. A lot of the a lot of the the a lot of the broadcast, multiple times it was brought up that maybe he had been listening to the streets essentially saying that you know he hasn't done anything but this kind of falls in line with what i've been saying like when he feels like playing he shows up and he's dominant when he doesn't he doesn't and we don't do anything and i know he's been showing up in big time big time prime time spots since, since he's been here but yeah. i think the biggest thing for me is when we quote-unquote needed Khalil Mack to be a super force like when when Hicks was down or whatever he just hasn't been there so to see a performance like this I kind of just kind of shrugged my shoulders like yeah I mean great game but where, where have you been you know what yeah
1: I mean him he, he and Roquan were flying all over the field yesterday and I could I could hear Sean's voice in my head with Chuck letting the boys go like he they were teeing off on Watson but like you said there was no responsibilities elsewhere. It wasn't like they were worried about a tight end that was going to beat them over the middle or running back in the flat. Like, they knew that if Watson had the ball, that was their only focus. And mm-hmm. and they did their job. But um, like like you said, there's been too many games where Mac has needed to put that kind of level of play on, and he hasn't done it. So there's there's still questions about his effort and his um, productivity moving forward. But but yeah, last yesterday... The whole defense got after Watson, and, it, and it, was a, it was a nice sight to see because it's been a while since we've seen a, uh, the defensive line and the linebackers kind of make those kind of plays.
0: It was just a free-for-all. They were having fun. They knew they would be able to do kind of do whatever they want. They weren't worried. Like you said, they weren't worried about stuff coming over the top, so they were kind of just running around being yeah. athletes, doing their thing, right? All right, let's get to the actual meat of the conversation because – and shout-out David Montgomery as well, big 80-yard rip. Didn't do much after that, but big 80 yard rip. Um, it's on the statue, it's a hundred yard game, whatever. yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, like you said, Allen Robinson nine for 123, one touchdown, 13 targets. I mean, he's the number one wide receiver back to back, thousand yard seasons. Salute to A Rob Comet four receptions, Jimmy, four receptions, Mooney at a couple with a touchdown. Spread the ball around, yeah, so. Let's get to the actual what's actually going on here. What's which hacks actually legit has me a little spooked. They're six and seven. They play the Jags next.
1: No, they play the Vikings next.
0: The Vikings next. The Jags. And then the last game of the season is Green Bay. Vikings are banged up. They're coming off of L. So that'll be an interesting game, but definitely a winnable game. Yeah, from from, from what from how they look, and apparently we found a way to move the rock a little bit as well.
1: And that's a team Nagy's done well against.
0: Yes, so very well. If, if honestly, when I think of a good game, of like with him at the helm, it's always has the Vikings involved somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So very winnable game, right? The Jags are are the Jags. <laughs> yeah. So, we should we we will win that game. I'll just I'll just put that in the win column, right? Yeah. And then we could get to a situation I'd have to I have to I'd have to go look at like the NFC breakdown, but we could get in a situation where Green Bay doesn't really have too much to play for. They won they've already clinched the division and then they're in a situation where they can't move up and move up or down in the standings in the NFC. And maybe 12 doesn't play. Maybe Devontae Adams relaxes. I don't know if 12 wouldn't play, but they're not going to be motivated to do too much, right? Like they're going to be clinched. They can't move up and down. So what I'm saying is my worst nightmare is we rip off three in a row. We're nine and seven. We somehow get in the playoffs or if, even if we don't get in the playoffs, we finish the season nine and seven on a high note. Trubisky's playing well. Like I said, the headlines are reading Matt Nagy's crew plays hard till the end of the season even during a stretch even 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 during a tough campaign. And now we're in a situation where literally everybody's coming back and we're going to try to run back the same team. How it cuz that's I I really honestly see us winning at least two of these next three games and then we're in a position where the the McCaskies essentially can leverage out saying, hey, we finished the season strong. Maybe Trubisky, maybe we never should have benched Trubisky in the first place. Now we could bring him back, give him one more full year, and then uh, see what happens.
1: I would hope that the the McCaskies look around the league and see what other teams have gone through. Like the whole idea of like this end of season spurt, then motivating and pushing a team to the future It just doesn't work like the Lions last year finished on a nice run and the the Lions decided, you know what, Matt, Patricia, we're going to keep you. It hasn't worked out, but we're building something strong. The Falcons, Falcons, after that Super Bowl collapse, the next two seasons, they've been bad, but then they play well in December and they kept Dan Quinn. And then what happened this year? They started out really slow again and they finally decided to do what they had to do. Like if it has to be done eventually, it should be done immediately. Like don't wait around it's not going to get better just because they played well against some garbage teams that have given up in December. Like, I would hope that the McCaskies have made the decision independent of how these final three games go because if, that's what you're, if you're judging their whole careers based on these three games, that just doesn't make any sense. The next draft, you have to pick a quarterback. Like, that, There's just no way around it. So who do you want picking that quarterback? Is it Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy or someone else? And if they think that it's Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, then there's more questions to be asked. But they need, if they know that, that that is the decision of the future, they need to decide who's going to be making that decision. And I hope that these final three games aren't swaying them that much because that, that would just be very short-sighted, in my opinion. It's,
0: it's super short-sighted, but it's I, I'm just trying to think of – listen, man, I'm just trying to think of how, but, how things are angled. I the, agree with you, And the media especially, because all of a sudden – you win three in a row, and it's not about how we looked like in the beginning of the season, and then a a, a six game losing streak in the middle. Next thing you know, we're like we're a nine of seven football team, and that's right. not that bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, oh, we're nine and seven. It's all right. Like maybe we maybe we just had a little a little lull in the middle and. Maybe Trubisky and can actually play. Now, look, I don't know. I want to show you this graphic. I don't know who runs the CBS Sports social media page, but say what you want about about tweets like this. What? I, <laughs> look, and for the people listening, NFL on CBS tweeted notable NFL passing rating career leaders. Mitch Trubisky, number one, 87. Dan Marino, below that, 86.4. Brett Favre, 86. John Elway, 79.9. Obviously, to me and you, this means absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. uh, Beyond nothing. But honestly, I think to casual and people that kind of just read headlines and kind of start having water cooler talk, it's like it, 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 it portrays this this image of Mitch being like, like, like we were doing him a disservice by benching him, and he didn't deserve any of that, and now the Bears are back rolling because Mitch Trubisky is the one again type of thing, and it's just a narrative that will pick up steam if we start to win games coming down the stretch. So it's very – it's spooky because we – my buddy Eli, big Eli let Shout out Eli. Tweeted or sent in the group, in sent in the group message. It's not a full Bears failed season until they start to win games to mess up the draft stock.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's 100% right. We should probably be closing out the year. So, like we've said, the the team needs a whole rebuild from start to finish if we want to compete for real in the NFC. With teams like the saints so well yeah
1: it goes back to what are the mccaskies cool with are they cool with eight and eight like if they're fine being in the middle then yeah keep pace keep Nagy, because keep trubisky because that's they're good enough to be in the middle of the pack if you want to win championships these are not the people that are going to lead you to do that and maybe winning championships means that the next few years are going to be bad and you have to be bad to be good in the future but Hey, the 49ers went through it. The Packers, well, the Packers have never gone through it. But a lot of teams have that that dip in order to get to that championship heights. The Bears have yet to do that. They've been pretty competitive these last few years. And I was thinking yesterday when they were talking about Nagy, what if everything had been flipped? What if his first year he had started seven and nine, then last year was eight and eight, and then this year they were building up to 13 and three. He'd be getting a contract extension, but he started out with the big year Everyone built all this hype, and then it's gone down ever since. And now we look at Matt Nagy and say, what can you do with this team to get them over the hump? So it's just interesting timing. But that that Trubisky stat, I mean, that is the most garbage.
0: (laughs) Out of of
1: context, like, what the hell are you talking about?
0: Yeah, don't even – yeah, just just cut it out.
1: I mean, do you think that the Bears, if they finish out 9-7 and and this year that they've given an extra wild card spot, do you think that that would warrant – Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace keeping hit their jobs?
0: For me, absolutely (laughs) not. Um, But I'm going to tell you this. There is absolutely no way we get rid of Nagy and Pace. If they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs. Agreed, yeah. It's just going to be a simple, ridiculous narrative that we just had a bad stretch in the middle. They're going to forget about how bad the decision-making was, how bad the team looked, how not disciplined and unready they were. Because this is all coaching stuff that we were talking about. Yeah. And we're if we somehow sneak into the playoffs, then it's 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 gonna be one hundred percent run it back. And I don't know what we'll do at quarterback per se, but this team is bad, man. Let's not forget how bad the Texans are.
1: Right. And I was gonna say careful. Yeah, like, they beat the Lions who fired their coach, the Falcons who fired their coach, they're gonna beat the Texans who they beat the Texans who fired their coach the Panthers who are one of the worst teams like their 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 seven wins are full of or six wins I should say are full of uh like just filler. They're not good teams. Besides Tampa Bay, who have the Bears beaten that's any good? Nobody. Yeah. And the, the, okay, they might beat the Packers when they have nothing to play for, like that, that doesn't prove me anything that that this team is any good.
0: Yeah, and I know this is I know people always bring this up. Um that Lovey Smith got fired after a ten-win season. I was in, and I'm still. I I'll, I'll say this. I'll put it on wax. I still believe that was the right move at the time. We were. We seemed very stale, and if we were gonna try to go to the next level and win the NFC or get to championship, I don't think Lovey could was gonna get us there. He had kind of run its course. That that regime was was done, and if we wanted to actually go try to win the NFC, I think we needed a change there. Um, I think people forget that, and I think it's very easy to be like, "Yeah, uh, Lovey won ten games and got fired." We should people. I I saw people talking about we should bring Lovey back. Um, that's a whole another story. But yeah, I think people forget how. I think it was time for Lovey to go when they when he, when he left at at ten wins. Uh, I mean, I, I don't go back and go back and analyze that year, and you'll know that it was time for Lovey to go. We wanted to try to win the NFC and I think that's what we're arguing about now. It's like, yeah, do you want to win 8 games every year? Then 100% bring Nagy, bring Pace and whatever. You bring whoever back and we could probably win 7 games with the D if you put that type of caliber defense on the field. Right. right? So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. I would have I would have I wouldn't lo- lose a single second of sleep if we went to the playoffs. I don't y'all I don't care if we went to the playoffs and actually competed. And lost, and say we made the wild card, competed and lost in the game. I'd fi- I'm firing Pace, Nagy, Phillips the next day. Yeah, simple as that. Like it's it's all a facade. It's a mirage. We're a bad football team. This is this whole season has been a mirage from the beginning. Then we so we 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 were someone else at the beginning of the year and somehow came back and won those games. The middle of the season is actually who we are as a football team. And now, we're the same football team after beating a really, really, really bad Texans team with no players and some of the worst def- – I think they're the 31st-ranked defense in the league, the Texans.
1: They could not wait to get off the field and get back on the plane back to Texas. They had yeah. no They had no interest in playing that game.
0: Absolutely not. So it's like, let well, it's not – I'm just very – and I don't know if, if – it's hard to. That's that's why I led the show with asking you about like how do you write about this game because I I wasn't really I was watching the game I even tweeted out Bears score Bears hang a thirty piece in the first half what an infuriating team <laughs> yeah like because it's like it's against the Texans I get it and I and and Big Nick the quick said what's the point of all this and I was like yeah that's a good good question right and I responded with pride I was like it's a pride thing. And then he responded back. He said, "Well, where's this? Where's the pride been all year?" Right. And I'm like, "Well, that's a good point too. Like, well, I, what what am I gonna say to that?" So that's where I, I'm a little worried with Minnesota coming up because now they're out of contention. Though they, I guess they're in the hunt. Like they're us. in
1: the same, yeah, the same boat. Yeah, the Bears.
0: they're in the same boat. The Bears are. So that'll be an interesting game next week. But I'm honestly hoping we lose, man. I don't want this to go on anymore. I want to reset like we say every i couldn't tell you since we started this podcast three years ago i couldn't tell you how many times i've said you don't want to be in the middle of the pack right in any sport either be really bad or be competing and we're we're eight we're we're an eight-win football team it looks it looks like
1: i mean and it's a year where there's a lot of really bad teams so even if you do get the 15th pick in the draft there's going to be teams in front of you that are picking the players that you need to build around like the Bears are going to be a fake they're going to be worse than their record and they're not going to be able to capitalize on that because there's so many really atrocious teams out there most of which the Bears have beaten of course over the course of this season so like it's just a no-win situation uh, where the Bears are sitting right now but winning and compounding that by bringing everyone back next year you're going to you're going to hear the storyline of oh we we fought, we figured out our offense we know how to build around these skill players and it's like is is alan robinson are you going to extend him who's the quarterback who's the offensive line like there's so many questions moving forward do you want that on the current regime or do you want someone else to fix those problems and that's really what george uh mccaskey has to figure out and if he's going to be swayed by these three games that shows more that he his life around football he hasn't figured out how to manage a team
0: yeah i think what you said about when something needs to be done, do it immediately and don't wait on it. is a perfect example of what needs to be done next year. I think the, you know what the best possible scenario of this would be the rest of the season is if Mac went ballistic and Allen Robinson or, or or whoever we have under contract. How about this? Whoever we have under contract that was worth anything went crazy and then we got and then we traded him. That, that, you would see be, that? Go ahead.
1: Adam Hogue of NBC Sports put out a, a column last week saying who would say no for a Khalil Mack for Dak Prescott trade?
0: I would hope everybody in Dallas, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean obviously not for us, but that's interesting. You're saying like Dak coming off an injury.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean the, the would have to pay him. I'm not I'm not saying one way or the other, but it's it's an interesting thought exercise of like, would you trade your franchise player on defense for a quarterback? that you can hopefully build around. Your defense still has playmakers. You free up, I mean, you free up a little bit of money, but I guess you'd have to pay Dak. He's, he's due for an extension. So it's yeah. just something to think of, like how else are the Bears going to get a quarterback? Because they are going to be drafting in the middle and they have no real salary cap space.
0: Right. I think it's, I think what's interesting about that Dak move that you just said is Kind of like we have no business extending Allen Robinson because we don't have a team. <laughs> right. So like why give him a bunch of money to just be out there and play wide receiver for no reason. And it would, I would hate for us to bring back over and sign him on a four year deal. And then not really, not really be able to fill the rest of the roster till like the third or fourth year. Yeah. And then it's like, we just wasted some more time. You know what I mean? So, I think the perfect situation for us would be, hey, but 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 let me preface what I just said by saying this: if we could get Dak, go get him, right? But I don't want to get him and then essentially be the De- be Deshaun Watson, where he's just running for his life every single play right. two seasons because we're in a rebuild and trying to figure shit out.
1: If you do that, you can't have an offensive line with Rashad Coward and Charles Leno like up front because then Dak's going to be on the bench, and what's the point?
0: Exactly. Exactly right. So, the best case scenario in my eyes, which if they had the the heart to do this, they hopefully will. But I don't. I don't see it from the McCaskies. But we go out and just crush the rest of the year. Matt goes nuts, whatever, and then just run his draft stock up so we can move him somewhere. Go get a bunch <laughs> of picks. Just stack up picks all over the place. For anyone that's worth anything and then try to get a quarterback and start over.
1: But who's making the picks?
0: That's not the question. Ryan Pace. right. Yeah. Not Ryan Pace, right? So that's what I'm saying. Get I don't care if we get to the playoffs and it's the first game, fire him the next day and start this shit over. It's it's I mean,
1: it's, teams have done that. The Titans did it a couple of years ago. They won a playoff game and then they fired Munchak and hired Vrabel. Like, if you don't think that this is the guy to lead your team, make the move. Like don't Don't hang a banner and be like, well, he did this. Therefore, he deserves an extension. Like, no, if he's not the right coach, he's not the right GM. Get rid of him.
0: Absolutely. Jalen Johnson got injured yesterday, which is not good. Um, Shoulder. I'm not sure. If just that's that's also another very spooky worst nightmare situation where we're the season's dead and then your young guys get hurt and yeah, you you get in the spot where those type of guys are are in trouble too. But, man, do you see us – how many wins do you see in the next couple? Out of the three, I would say – well, the Jaguars is a gimme.
1: Yeah. And I would say they'll split with the Packers and Vikings. I don't know which one is a win, which one's a loss, but
0: – Hold on one sec. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I would say that they could finish out with two more wins um which would get the bears what what's the bears record now i keep forgetting six and seven so they would finish eight and eight which is the very this is the perfect record for this very average can't decide if they're good or bad or not team so yeah i'll, I'll say like they'll finish out two and three
0: yeah they'll close they'll they'll split they'll drop one of these three but it shouldn't be shouldn't be the jags and then they'll beat the packers and the vikings and then...
1: yeah, we'll What's going to happen is they'll probably beat the Vikings and then they'll beat the Jaguars and have everything to play for and the Packers will have nothing to play for and still lose.
0: <laughs> That's a very, very, very viable situation.
1: They'll score like four points and like, yeah. There'll, there'll be no one in Soldier Field to boo them off, but it'll still happen.
0: Yeah. I just... I just know we need to change. Just from... I could I've, From this last six weeks I've watched, nothing... Nothing Nothing has changed for me for beating the Texans at home by a ton of points. I mean, you could put a little extra on it saying Trubisky wanted to yeah. go out and play against Watson or whatever, but Watson has absolutely no help. He should sit out the rest of the year. And yeah, uh, he should
1: out. boycott. Yeah. yeah,
0: Like, so just purely off of not trying to get hurt and then they need to figure out their coaching situation and who's going to run that team as well. So... It's a lot of questions and I just want to, I just want to be going in the right direction. Like the, the, the bulls look to be doing just, yeah, just you weren't
1: on, you weren't on last week. Did you think that last week's result should have been like an in-season firing for Nagy? Was that warranted? To um, me that doesn't do anything. Cause like, what are you going to have Chuck Pagano be the coach? Like his, yeah. it's not like the defense has been playing great either. Like, I didn't understand the talk about the in-season firing. I do I wanted to know what your thoughts were.
0: Yeah, um there's been a lot of shit that's warranted in-season firing. Just the the all the all the culmination of all the things that have happened under him. I think you're saying was that the last straw, inexcusable, fire him at the press conference.
1: You can't have him any you can't have him in the building anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's poison to the team. I, I don't. Th- I think Nagy's a good enough coach and a good enough person that he doesn't need. They didn't need to do that, but some people thought that that was warranted. And
0: yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you that it doesn't really do anything. But I wouldn't have been. No, man. I, I think it was a this. That was a final nail in the coffin to like this regime needs to leave as soon as the season's over. Yeah. I don't care what happened. I don't care if they win sixty to zero the next three weeks, four weeks, like, yeah, they can go. Um, that was a really bad loss. Yes. One hundred percent. So I wasn't I I wasn't calling for his head, he can't make it to the press conference, but I wouldn't have cared if it it doesn't it doesn't matter. The season's over, everything is done. Let's just have some some good things happen where Mac and those guys play where they they up their stock we move them can get a better draft pick than we could have weeks previously because he wasn't doing anything and try to get try to get Jalen Johnson and those type of guys healthy to the end of the year and then s- rip it down and start over. Yeah. I think I think that's exactly Chicago fans are not looking for just stop the bullshit. Right. If you're bad, cool. We'll rock with you if you're bad, if you're moving in the right direction. Don't sell us this fucking bullshit eight-win team, eight, eight win team and then try to bring it back next year and tell us that we could beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and win the division. You know what I mean? I think th- that's the biggest thing. We've been told that since we were babies that this this team is enough to beat the Packers. Because let's be serious. That's what this shit is about. Just like basketball teams in the West were trying to beat Golden State like the Rockets, Maury was that's all he, that's all he thought about at night was beating how do I beat uh the 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 Warriors? Like what do I have to do? That we we need to be doing the same thing about the Packers. How do we beat the Packers to win the division? Then we go and start making some noise in the NFC and it's definitely not bringing this squad back to do anything. So that's where that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm 100% in agreement. And I think George McCaskey feels that way, too. He feels these division games matter more to him than everything else. Like, the win over the Texans is impressive, but he's probably still thinking about the losses to the Lions and the Packers the last two weeks because that's what, as a the owner of the Bears, he cares about the most, is these division games, the yeah. division championship, winning, and then moving forward in the playoffs. And... So I think, I don't think that this result on Sunday is gonna sway George one way or the other, but three more of them with games against Minnesota and Green Bay probably may. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how this final month uh, concludes.
0: Yeah, it is gonna be interesting. Shout out my guy, Pat Voigt. He said the Bears are gonna reach for Ian Book at 16. That would, be, <laughs> no. that would be very Bears. That would be a very Bears just play. Be very Bears. No doubt, no doubt. All right, we'll leave it there. Bears, six and seven currently. Closing the year, break the, break the six-game losing streak with the W last or yesterday at home against the Texans. At Minnesota next week, that should be interesting. Um, that's a tough place to play. And if Jalen Johnson isn't playing too, that'll be they got some weapons on the outside that can uh they get rid of Diggs and, and get Jefferson. Yeah. So they got some weapons. We'll see, we'll see how it finishes up. Uh, for Eli Cabron I am your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. No catch-up. Sports Talk via Chicago. We out of here.